Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> Today, the Injuruit comes from the Psalms at the beginning of Mass. It sets the theme for the entire Mass, but it also sets the theme for our reflection here for these next few moments. For in the Injuruit, it was cried out these words, Deal with thy servant. Deal with thy servant in thy merciful kindness. And those two words, merciful kindness, in the Hebrew, it's really just one word. Deal with us, Lord. Deal with thy servant in your mercy. In your mercy. And the Hebrew word right there, it's one of the most beautiful, one of the most profound and astounding words describing both who God is and his actions on our behalf. It's very hard even to put language to the ministry of Christ that is His mercy. We're going to try this morning uh, to reach out and receive a few words nonetheless. But this mercy of God, it's far more than we will ever absolutely wrap our minds around, very much like the love of God that we're going to grow to understand for an eternity, the mercy that God is. We're never going to reach a full understanding because of how unbelievable and and, and incomprehensible in total, I would say, the mercy of God is just like the love of God. The mercy of God is something that must be experienced by His people for that growth and understanding to take place. No intellectual capacity is going to do it, my friends. It must be our experience of the divine mercy of God in our lives. To give a framework of understanding of this word, which the Hebrew word for mercy is hesed. That's the word that's used so many times in the Old Testament and the one we're referring to from the introit. And to put a framework to help us begin to understand and reach out for the mercy of God and to work like this. That we who deserve absolutely nothing and could earn absolutely nothing good from God. In fact, we deserve quite the opposite. We deserve death by our fallenness. But when we approach Him with our condition, with our brokenness, with our sin, with our falling short, with our deficiencies, with our need for Him, in that moment, God actually, rather than abandoning us or rejecting us, He receives us to Himself. He receives us to Himself and He begins to give us precisely the opposite of what we could deserve. When we deserve death, He gives us life and life abundant. He turns the table on all of our thinking. Another way of considering the mercy of God is this. Our falling short, which is the definition of sin to the Christian. Our falling short is sin. What are the wages of sin? The wages of sin is what? Death. We come to God knowing that we've fallen short, which means that is exactly what our wages should be, but that's not what He pays us. And we come to Him in repentance. You see, He turns the table on it. In fact, when I was thinking about this said mercy of God, my mind went to a story from St. John in chapter 8 that really shows forth a beautiful picture of this mercy of God in action. And it was when the woman was found and caught in adultery. And you'll remember this story, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. The woman is caught red-handed in adultery. And by God's own law, the punishment for that sin was to be stoned to death. That's the law that God set forth for adultery. 
And the mob brings this woman before Christ who's in the temple, presents her to Jesus and says, what shall we do? Shall we stone? They're trying to trick him. But what shall we do? Shall we stone him? And what does our Lord Jesus Christ do for this woman? Here's where you see the mercy. We know what was deserved. There's no question. The first thing he does is he takes her accusers and he casts them out of the presence. He takes the accuser and takes them away from her out of that place. And then he goes to the woman and he begins his ministry of mercy reversing the tide. He forgives her sins. He washes her. He releases her from what she deserved. And if that wasn't enough, that wasn't enough. He renews her life. When he says, go and sin no more, he granted her to arise out of her sinful life and to embrace a new life bestowed on her, given by God. I tell you what, my friends, that the mercy of God, this is said that we're talking about, it should be absolutely shocking to our systems. When you think about what God does for each one of us, it's shocking to our systems because we in our humanity don't operate like this. We in our humanity don't think like this. And sometimes it's because of the way that we think that we don't even, even allow God to be mercy to us. And we keep Him at bay. And we really need to be healed of that. Whatever it is in us thinking wrongly about God's disposition for us and who He is as the God of mercy must be healed in us for us to be able to experience His divine mercy. And this mercy of God is who He is by nature. It's not just something He has. Just like His love. Love is His nature. So is mercy. And today we're given to remember that God has called us, speaking of embracing a new life, He has called us to be like this in mercy to one another. Just as our Lord Jesus Christ said in the Gospel of St. Luke in chapter 6 when He commanded us, Be merciful. How? As your Father is merciful. In the way that we have described mercy so far this morning, that is how we are to be merciful as our Heavenly Father is merciful to one another. And so we hear the words of St. Paul from Ephesians 4 in our epistle reading today that actually helps us toward that goal, to walk in the grace, to become mercy. He says, I beseech you, brethren, to walk worthy of the calling of which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness, and I would add, towards others. This is exactly what Paul is saying. Be this to one another. In all lowliness and gentleness toward others, with long-suffering toward one another, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. If we're hearing these words, we might recognize that St. Paul is truly granting us a path on our way to becoming the divine mercy of God to one another. Because St. Paul is giving us actual stepping stones if we'll walk upon them that are actually each stepping stone is an attribute of who God is and His nature. And if we'll walk upon these attributes, the end result is our life will be a becoming of the mercy of God. That we will extend to one another. So I want us to take a look at those stepping stones of the attributes of God that will bring us by grace to become the mercy of God for one another and as a testimony to who He is to the entire world. The first thing He says is this, walk in lowliness and gentleness toward one another. That word gentleness is meekness. Walk in, blessed are the meek, 
walk in lowliness and meekness towards one another. And that lowliness, it means this, that I am to forever grow. I grow to consider myself less than every one of you. I am less than you all, and I am most in need of the mercy of God. That is the lowly heart. As in Mass, we say, I believe that you, Lord, came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am what? Chief. Why do we say this every time we gather? Because the Lord is wanting to write in us the disposition of humility, of absolute need for Him. And when we have that need for Him and experience Him, we become lowly before one another, considering all those around us more than ourselves. Love is birthed by that. Love is birthed by that. And Jesus shows us this giving an example of true lowliness, what lowliness looks like from our gospel reading today from the gospel of St. Luke in chapter 14. Jesus says, when you are invited to a banquet, do not take the best seat. Give that up for someone else. Go and take the lowest seat that the one who invited you to the banquet will see this. And he'll come to you and he will raise you up and invite you to the greater place. You see, that's lowliness. If I consider myself, think about it. If I consider myself the chief of all sinners, the most in need of God's mercy, then your offenses against me from time to time, your sins against me from time to time, what are they but a very little thing? What are they but a very little thing if I'm the least among you, the chief of all sinners, the most in need of mercy? You see, I'm the one in need of healing and forgiveness. And I pray for you. And he says, be meek to one another. That is, be gentle. Be gentle with one another. But it's not a weak gentleness. Oh my goodness, the gentleness of Christ was so strong and wonderful. Be gentle with one another. Which means this. Go out of your way to do no harm to someone else. Never seeking. It also means this. Go further. It means never seek vengeance. <clears throat> never seek to punish the one who has wronged you. But rather the opposite. Actively making the decision to release that person of their offenses. And to withhold anything that they probably would deserve. To withhold harm from another. That is meekness. And we see it demonstrated in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ so many times over. Just look at his trial and crucifixion. And you see the meekness of Christ on display. And we're to be this for one another. Secondly, St. Paul says these words. Be long-suffering toward one another. Be long-suffering towards one another. And that long-suffering, we talk about this all the time in this parish, but we need to be reminded of it again. Until we all, including me, become it with one another. Long-suffering means this. When your humanity rises against me or my humanity rises up against you, we see through the broken relational dysfunctions that are expressing themselves. We see through the actions of the person that are coming our way and we see into one another's souls. And in those moments when we look into one another's souls with the eyes of Christ, we begin to intercede for one another in those times. We intercede to our Lord saying, it's my brother and sister's fallenness, Lord. It's the illness of their soul yet to be healed by you that's causing these actions that are coming 
towards me. Heal and redeem my friend. Bring peace to their soul. You see, when we start praying for one another's souls and people start encountering the healing work and redemptive work of Christ within the soul, the actions get doused. But as long as we focus on the harm that's coming our way or the perceived harm that's coming our, of our way, we're going to be offended. We're going to take offense. But love sees through the actions to the soul that needs to be healed. And he brings that soul before Christ and asks the soul to have mercy on me and have mercy on my friend. That's what long-suffering looks like. And if we will do that, we will endure, we will long-suffer with one another just as God is long-suffering with us. And my friends, if we take that disposition to one toward one another, it becomes darn near impossible to be offended. And there's great peace in lack of offense. It stays the peace of Christ within us. Finally, with St. Paul, he says, bear with one another in love. And this goes hand in hand with long suffering, but there's a little bit more to it. If I am bearing with you in love, I am immovable. I am unshakable in my love towards you, no matter how you are coming towards me. I'm immovable and unshakable in my love for you. I am steadfast, think of words, standing firm in love towards you at all times, no matter what. And this is the way that our Lord Jesus Christ is with all of us. So those are the three stepping stones, attributes of God. That if we walk on them, we'll become mercy. But there's one other that we need to be mindful of. And I dare say we cannot do without this one to become the mercy of God in this life. Every one of us, I said it at the beginning. Every one of us must be a people who are receivers and those who experience the divine mercy of God in their lives and experience it often. Experience it often. We must be a people who live and dwell seeking the mercy of God in our lives. At Mass on Wednesday, we heard these words from the blessed psalmist from Psalm 30 who voiced these words of praise over God's mercy. He said, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up. O Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. O Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down into the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You've turned my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. This is the voice of praise coming from one who was an experiencer of the mercy of God in his own life. Listen to the language he's using. I cried to you in my desperation, my brokenness, and you healed me. I was weeping, but in the morning joy restored me was restored to me. You've turned my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Are you hearing the action of the mercy of God that occurred in the soul of this woman? God taking the broken soul that could not earn a blessed thing that he received, but God receiving him and turning the whole game around and changing this man. Restoring this man 
He says, my weeping has become joy. Listen to the change that God brought. My mourning is now dancing. It's the extreme opposite. My soul was clothed in sackcloth, mourning, mourning over my sin. But you've given my soul a new clothing. You've adorned me differently now with gladness and with joy. My friends, the entire liturgy is God revealing entirely by action His mercy. Think about it. We come in, <clears throat> if we have prepared ourselves, we know our, 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 our authentic need for the mercy of God. And we start out crying out for it. And all along the way from the first cry of mercy as we're ascending the mountain to be with Christ, He is receiving us to Himself. He's washing us. He's cleansing us. And when we come to receive Eucharist, He fills us so that we may embrace and enjoy an entire newness within us. Do you see that? The mercy of God is not crying out, just crying out over our sin. That's part of it. And again, as if that wasn't enough, the entirety of the mercy of God is to reverse the fall within us. That that which is fallen and broken becomes whole again. And we go away rejoicing in new life. Not just in the forgiveness of sins. That's enough to rejoice in. But also even greater that we are made new. And I tell you that the liturgy is the example of our daily experience we can have of the mercy of God. And only those, only those who experience the mercy of God like this in their lives will become the divine mercy of God for others. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.